As someone wise once said, people haven't always been there for me, but music always has. Before we dive into this episode, I want to remind everyone to like, comment, follow, subscribe, share, and rate us. We appreciate you so much and every little bit helps. Now let's get into the episode. It's a good one. Welcome back to Talking Swift. I'm Miggles. I'm Hester Dolphy. I forgot what I was saying. And I'm Ruby Royal. Got my name a second there. This was recorded on February 11th. And today we're going to talk about all things the Tortured Poets Department so far. But before we get into that, we're going to go over the news updates, which are a lot this week. Big week. Yeah. And today's the Super Bowl, so there could be even more updates. Yeah, today is the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Apparently, people were filming her landing her plane today. Oh, yeah, people were uh, watching her plane to see if she would make it in time. Didn't she just... Th- like threatened to sue the guy that was tracking her plane. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it was making public post about where. Yeah, but isn't like posting her plane landing pretty similar to that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think the other thing was more of a privacy concern, especially with the stalker, because that was kind of the stalker admitted that was how he knew when she was back in New York was that person's updates. Oh, so she actually has grounds for that then? Yeah. Because that was, she, I saw somewhere that in order for her to have a case, she would have to prove that it actually was affecting her safety. So, dang. He said he was using that blog to see when she was back in New York to bang on the door. He getting sued. Wow. As he should be, because that's creepy. Probably as long as he sees and desist, they'll drop it. Yeah, apparently Elon and someone else tried to get him to stop. Um, Because he also tracks them. Like, uh, he tracks other people, other jets. He he tracks all jets. Mm. Does he, like, not have a life? Like, (laughs) I don't understand why you feel the need to do that all the time. Well, it's public records, so he just is, like, copying and pasting the information. I know, but it's like, do you not have anything else to do? (laughs) Yeah. He's making money off of it. So he told them that he would take it down if they paid him a certain amount of money or whatever. That's so gross. I know. <laughs> Why do people suck, honestly? Be a good human being that's contributing <sighs> to society. That would be good. Yeah. And so some people were saying that Taylor was picking on a college student. I basically heard if you see them talking about it as if he's a broke college student, then it's just like already a biased opinion against Taylor. So just don't even. I mean, everyone's kind of broke compared to her, to be fair. I mean, true. That is true. true. Okay, continuing on the news, I feel like we should kind of go in order of things. 
Because the last episode we filmed is the day of the Grammys. Oh my gosh. Uh, so we need to backtrack back to the Grammys. I don't wanna. <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, how wrong we are. No rep TV announcement. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so for anybody who was caught up and listened to our last episode, was basically just clowning about when Rep TV was going to be announced, the Grammys was an option. To be fair, though, we were right that she wouldn't announce Rep TV at the Grammys. We, we were right about that. That was the only thing we were right about. <laughs> and I must point out that we did say <laughs> that, um, you know, Midnight's was different because it was a totally new album that nobody expected and that's why she was able to announce it in an award show because the re-records are more for the fans so what's funny to me is I listened to the podcast and I was like oh it's kind of sad I couldn't record that week because I had a totally different opinion I know I know Okay, really quick though, what was your opinion? I honestly, I know you guys said you didn't think in uh, that there was that pattern of the mm. new album. I've been thinking that was a pattern since the start. And so I was convinced that I didn't think it was going to be a brand new album. I actually thought we might get uh, the missing album. I thought it was going to be the missing album in between to fully reclaim her everything. But then she announced that it was a totally new album. And I was like, oh, well, I guess it's not the lost album. But I was convinced that by the end of the Eras tour, she would own everything and that karma was going to come out if that's the missing album. We could have used your, your take too. <laughs> we should have asked you about it and then like added it in. But it's okay. I had a family emergency, so I wasn't able to record last week. Okay, so the Grammys, Taylor ended up walking in with this this outfit that was not really giving reputation very much, which threw people off. It was stunning, though. It was stunning. I have to say one thing real quick about this outfit. A lot of people are hating on it. I've what? seen that. I don't they know are why. hating on it. They're hating on her hair as well. The bangs were a little weird. I couldn't understand that. I one. love the whole look, personally. Okay, I just love the whole look. So do I. I would have pinned her bangs up just a little bit more. That would be like the one thing I would change. So she's wearing a white scaparelli gown, um, and it has like all this ruching and like movement on it, and like the corset back. I just love the whole thing. Thing. Is it a wedding dress though? Because I saw someone comment that it was a wedding dress, which gives a whole other layer of some people are thinking this is like this album is um I was thinking that like the whole jolted bride sort of look, but I don't know. Chances are it is not a wedding gown because most people who go to these award shows get gowns custom made for them. Exactly. True. But it could be reminiscent of the but it bride. But does give bride a little bit. And then she had long, like, black gloves. I don't know. Were they silk? I don't know what kind. They looked silk, but yeah. Long black gloves. And then she had a bunch of stack necklaces. The most iconic one being the clock choker that she had that was set to midnight. Mm -hmm. And 
That whole necklace thing is actually really reminiscent of Clara Bow, which we'll get into later, but it's the last song on her album. So she was already hinting to the album just in this look, heavily hinting, but we didn't know what for. Yeah, everyone thought the necklace was counting down because I kept seeing tweets all night of, did the clock move? Is it counting down? What's it counting to? And I was like, I don't think it moved. There's literally a video of her asking Tree if it's good, like if she needs to set it. And then she was like, no, it's perfect at midnight. It did move, though. I thought that once she sat down, it started moving. Weird. I didn't see it moving at all. And I've seen pictures of it at different angles. It could be it accidentally turned on. I thought that was confirmed that it started moving once she sat down. It might have been. If she had it turned to midnight and then just didn't push the thing back in, if she sat down, she could have clicked the... Yeah, she could have clicked it or something. Started it. Because I think it was... I think it started at midnight and then... I don't know. I wasn't able to actually watch the Grammys. I just had to watch clips afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, I know you didn't watch it based off of the reaction in our uh, group chat. (laughs) (laughs) So she ended up winning... Best pop vocal album with Midnight's, and that is when she did her announcement of the Tortured Poets Department. And the, it was such a quick little, like, oh, hey, I'm dropping a new album. I'm going to go backstage now and uh, post the cover. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and it left a lot of stunned looks in the audience. What do you guys think about? This is the first time I'm actually seeing them because I didn't. I, really? I haven't seen anything I've seen about. so many clips about people just looking not impressed at all. Like, especially Miley Cyrus and Olivia Rodrigo were, like, hugely, like, oh, great this is great and a lot of people are joking that maybe they had stuff that was supposed to come out in april and now they're like well i'm just gonna reschedule because yours is gonna chop the charts and i'm just gonna find a new time for mine to drop or something like that i've seen a lot of hate for her announcing that album but i want to point out this is the first time she embodied what happened in barbie where in Barbie, whenever one of the Barbies received an award, they didn't say, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They were like, thank you. I earned this. Mm. And that was very much what she embodied with this, with the thank you. I earned this. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it's true. (laughs) Or I deserve this. I don't remember what they said. It's been a bit since I've seen Barbie, but it was very much that not being apologetic and pushing off their own accomplishment and i think that just took some people aback so for anybody who lives under a rock it is dropping april 19th that is what she said in her announcement there's also a lot of hate towards her and her treatment of celine dion and lana del rey on stage uh yeah there was a lot of drama this week it's insane So everyone thinks that she shunned Celine Dion. But from a different camera angle, you do see Taylor saying thank you and Celine Dion responding to her saying you're welcome. And people are saying she didn't even look at her. I couldn't find the angle of the video that this person was talking about, but I actually had someone message me saying that if you watch a different angle, Taylor turns around while taking the award because someone kind of trips yeah. in the background like one of her friends 
that came up on stage with them. Mm. It looks like someone kind of like trips a little bit and their hands go like up in the air and that's why Taylor turns back around to kind of like make sure everybody's okay. I couldn't find this angle to confirm that, but that's what somebody messaged me about. It's a fan camera in the balcony. So I did see this angle. That's how I know Taylor did turn back around to say thank you to Celine. Also, Celine has a rare neurological disorder called stiff person syndrome, which can be very painful as she's been quoted saying. So I just don't think that Taylor... Everyone was told not to touch Celine. That was an unknown thing. Okay, I didn't know if it was actually proven that she was told or... Everyone was told, no, do not touch Celine. Exactly. So, like, you can't be like, oh, Taylor didn't even hug her. They were literally told not to. They have a beautiful picture backstage. Well, you can see Taylor's being very gentle with how she's touching her. Yeah. And that picture went everywhere to prove, you know. And Celine posted it, too. So it's like, no, Celine is saying, come on. Like, there's no drama here. I don't feel shunned. (laughs) And then also the other thing is that she, Taylor is getting hate because of Lana because she took Lana up on stage with her for midnight. But, you know, Lana was on the CD. And so what is she supposed to do? Lana was sitting with her. Was she supposed to leave her or take her up? Like, either way, she would get hate. I think it was because Lana looked uncomfortable. Lana looked uncomfortable because she lost, but at the same time, she was on Midnight's. But also, Taylor used part of the speech to call out that Lana, at her peak, still was being ignored by the Academy. I thought what she said about Lana was very beautiful. Yeah, she called out the Academy that for never recognizing Lana. Everyone is ignoring that part. They're just focused on Lana looking uncomfortable and they're like, she dragged her up there without her wanting to be up there. And think Lana at one point tweeted that she never had a single moment of the Grammys where she was uncomfortable or upset and that Mm -hmm. it was a truly beautiful night. Like, I don't really know much about Lana, but she just seems like a little bit of an awkward person. I did see another thing going around that she has severe social anxiety. That's mood. (laughs) that would make sense like she looked a little awkward there are a lot of clips where taylor is asking her if she's okay yeah yeah she's like do you need a minute are you okay like at the on the carpet taylor fixed her hair too yeah that was such a sweet moment of taylor like being a mother and like fixing lana's hair because she wanted to make sure she looked I just think she wanted her to get her little moment because she lost. She wanted her to get some recognition. Yeah. Yeah. She just gets hated for everything. (laughs) Because if she didn't acknowledge, if she didn't bring Lana up, then she would be, like, selfish. And, like, how could you not bring up your collaborator for the award, blah, blah, blah. It was a no-win situation for her. And then her reaction to she was super shocked that she won album of the year. And people are saying it's all an act. But then people also say she can't act. So <laughs> Which is it? <laughs> She's always in these no-win situations. No matter what she did, she was gonna get be wronged. The best the best pop vocal album was actually her thirteenth Grammy which makes the announcement like extra special that she did it on that one. Mm-hmm. 
And then she also made history with Midnight's winning album of the year. That's her fourth time winning album of the year. And she's the only artist to have won it four times. Frank Sinatra, I know, was one. Um, Taylor has four. Frank Sinatra had three. Stevie Wonder had three. And Paul Simon had uh, two. I thought there was three people that had three. Oh, then maybe Paul Simon had a third one. I don't know, maybe not. But anyways, she surpassed Frank Sinatra and Stevie Wonder. Those are some big names. Also, people are saying, obviously, that Midnight's is undeserving and... It should have gone to other people. and I love Midnight's. It's one of my favorite albums, and I think it deserved to win. It was a huge impact because all of a sudden, a bunch of people who never listened to her were listening to her because of Midnight. Yeah, honestly, I think Midnight's brought in a whole bunch of new Swifties. Yeah. People are saying that she should have done what Adele did one time when she won an award. There's this clip going around where Adele won an award, but then she was talking about how great Beyonce's album was, though, or something like that. I remember that when she said it. I mean, my thing with that is, for some reason, people just want to hate Taylor. And I feel like even if she had done that, people would criticize her. They would probably be like, no, Taylor, this one deserved to win, (laughs) not that one. Yeah, they would criticize whoever she picked. Or they would have been like, she's just doing that for PR. Yeah, like she's just trying to look good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, she was proud of Midnight. As she should be. It's a great album. She didn't expect to win, but. She was proud that she did win. I don't think that anyone needs to do that if they win an award. I've also seen a lot of Swifties saying that Midnight's was a terrible album and that Taylor shouldn't win because of that. And I was like, but do you like Taylor? Like, (laughs) tell me you don't like Taylor. You don't want her to win. Midnight's was such a hard-hitting album. It's such an emotional album. People have turned on Midnight's a lot. Um, in like the last six months, Midnight's has gone down in the Swifties rankings. <laughs> Remember when it first came out, everyone was like so into it. I can't deal with rankings. I, I'm just sticking with my own personal rankings. I love Midnight's, but that's just me. I think it's brilliant. It has layers. This all happened on February 4th. That is when the Grammys was right on the Sunday evening. So I was watching the Grammys and I was texting them things that were happening. And so when Taylor announced, it was announced that she won, I said, oh, she won her 13th Grammy for pop. And then I immediately yelled, what? In caps. They kind of didn't realize why I was doing it. And... So I had to tell them. (laughs) (laughs) I was in the middle of editing our clowning episode. (laughs) So I was focused on that. You've just been listening to us clown for hours editing. And you just get this message like, hey, actually, she dropped a completely new new album. (laughs) And I was like, wow, this is when I rage quit. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of thought that Jess was fucking with us i didn't think that it was real i was like no (laughs) 
my denial. There's no way she just dropped a new album. That's that's fake news. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. They thought I was messing with them, and I was not messing with them. And then I was going online, and I was like, oh my god, it's actually real. <laughs> I was in such shock. Like, what? I wouldn't have lied about that. I know, I know, but I just didn't want to believe it because- And where would I have come up with that name? I didn't want to believe it because I wanted to believe Rep TV was next because I've been waiting forever for it. So I was just in denial. It's fine. Same. I know the feeling, Ruby. I was like, I had such a weird- a mixture of feelings. I don't know. Switches have been getting so much hate online for still clowning about Rep TV. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Which I don't see the harm in it because Taylor loves Easter eggs and everyone's just having fun. Like why are you gonna ruin your fun? Who knows when Rep TV is coming? She could do something crazy. Taylor knows. Taylor knows. <laughs> Swifties don't. She's the only one who does know. I'm allowed to just think silly things, okay? Just leave me alone and let me have my fun. Doesn't mean that I'm ungrateful or not excited for the new album, because I am also that. Yeah. You're allowed to be both sad about Rep TV. Exactly. And or still want to clown for it and be excited and want the Tortured Poets Department. You can be both, because you we know when the Tortured Poets Department is coming out. So I can be excited for that date, and then in the meantime, still want Rep TV. I don't think people should be taking it so seriously. Clowning is such an unserious thing. Just let me have my fun. Yeah, so there was still a lot of people clowning that it was going to still happen in Tokyo. Spoiler, it did not happen in Tokyo. I never thought Tokyo. I was so sure it was going to happen Friday night. Our next news portion is February 7th. Taylor dropped that Taylor Swift The Heiress Tour Taylor's version is going to be streaming on Disney Plus starting March 15th. And it's going to include Cardigan and four additional songs from the acoustic section. Um... This is why people are clowning, because she put Taylor's version. And how can it all be Taylor's version if the Taylor's versions are not out yet fully? So people are like, well, all of them must come out before <laughs> the film Taylor's version comes out. I mean, technically it is Taylor's version because Taylor is singing it in her way. Yeah, that, that could be true. I get that. I just wanted to add in... <laughs> why people were clowning so hard because they were like well it's not all taylor's version but i do get that point that like she is the one singing it so therefore it is taylor's version i think i'm over clowning for rep tv for a while <laughs> i'm tired of being let down <laughs> i know Same. i still think australia it could happen it could. i've always thought australia so <laughs> february 16th is still an important possible february 16th i think is what course correlates with that 112 day theory which is like the only thing that's been like credible <laughs> thus far a lot of people thought the announcement was going to happen in tokyo and then it was going to release february 16th but you know i'm trying not to clown too hard though because i was so disappointed i'm just gonna stop and then if it drops then i'm gonna be really excited because I won't be expecting it at all. She was wearing gr her green outfits too for 
1989 and the surprise song so i was like it still could happen you knew what she was doing and okay. taylor nation keeps posting about karen like karen could you not like i'm sick of i'm sick of getting clowned i'm <laughs> gonna try not to do that anymore so also on February 7th, the Airs tour returned in Tokyo. Some memorable things. Apparently there's new rep intro clips. I don't watch the Airs tour trying to keep some things a secret, so I don't know what the original looked like. But I guess there's a new like reputation intro. Like there's new clips added to it. I don't know how true that is. I'm not sure if it's true or not. I don't know what it looked like before. <laughs> I'll have to watch. Because then some people say that it's not true. And then it was always like that. That we just couldn't, we couldn't hear it well enough or whatever. Because it was hearing. Oh, did they say they added hissing? No. I don't, they said there's new clips. They also said that there was new sounds as well. I'm not 100% sure on that one. but Yeah, I'm not sure. It could be true. It could not be true. It's hard to tell. There if it is true, they're very similar, so... She also slipped on the stairs on the folklore cabin. <laughs> Poor girl. Uh, she fell a bunch of times, actually. In the same night? No, in the last, like, three shows. She almost fell off the folklore cabin, and then during midnights, during Vigilante, um, she went to sit in the chair at one point, and she it was lower than she thought, and she, like... Oh no! <laughs> like stumbled and then there's another clip during 1989 when she stands on one foot and she almost fell and people are speculating it's because of the long flight her balance may have been messed up uh, it could also be because she took a bit of a break too right could be that um but long travel does mess with your balance mm -hmm. and we know taylor practices like crazy so i was thinking it was the travel yeah and then also <clears throat> to note that almost all of the Tokyo surprise songs were songs that she's never played live before. Only Holy Ground and You're On Your Own Kid, but then other than that, she played completely new songs that haven't been played live before, which is really interesting. And I think she changed what instrument Holy Ground was played on. I think it was originally on guitar, and this time she played it on piano. Okay, I, I see. So. Yeah, so a lot of people had speculations about what that could possibly mean and then we also got a super bowl commercial yeah i think it was for uh cetrapel it's a father and daughter and the father's watching football and he's wearing niners gear and i think his i don't remember i think his daughter wants to watch it and then like leaves and then it shows him bringing her up uh, a niners jersey for brock purdy which is number 13 but they don't show the back. They just show the, the number 13 jersey. And then when she's sitting on the couch with him, they hug because of a, a thing. And you see he's wearing friendship bracelets. Mm -hmm. It's really cute. So it's a, it's a nod to Taylor at, without mentioning her. Mm -hmm. I saw a lot of positive feedback about that commercial. Yeah, because a lot of guys were like, this is exactly what's happening now that Taylor's at the game. Me and my daughter are bonding over the game. Which is really sweet. So take that, dads, brads, and chads. <laughs> it was a really cute commercial. I definitely recommend watching. Before Taylor went on break, her heel broke during Lover. 
and she threw it into the audience and the guy who caught it was auctioning it off to try and raise money for his cousin's cancer treatment. He ended up raising more money than he needed, so he started raising it for other people with cancer that needed help. Louis Vuitton, who made the shoe, doubled, matched what he raised because and sent him like this really sweet note, like thanking him for everything he was doing with that. That's really sweet. It's nice to hear of a luxury brand mm-hmm. like that doing mm-hmm. something good like that because normally it's yeah. not like the yeah. <laughs> high, high end brands that do that type of thing. Yeah. So that's not the norm. And then I guess the last bit of news was Taylor was out real quick at the end of the Eras tour show. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. She, you could see her running. running. She literally left in her midnight's bodysuit. Like she was gone running to catch the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of speculations about possible proposal, which I don't see happening. Yeah. They keep asking Travis. I feel bad for Travis because people keep just bombarding him with Taylor questions. He seems to, like, you know, brush it off. It's just interesting because normally these types of questions get asked to the woman. So it's interesting to see the man get all these questions for once. You know what I mean? There was this kid reporter (laughs) who is 11 years old. They are perfect. I did see him. He's so cute. So he asked Travis stuff. And he was very thorough and he asked him very specific sports related questions. And at first Travis was like kind of thrown back like, whoa, but then he got into it and he like matched his level. Travis is great with kids. It's just such a cute, it's such a cute clip. And he probably was really grateful that he was being asked. Like sports questions. Yeah, they literally asked him, I think, who do you think is going to get a ring first, the Niners or Taylor? Yeah. And he said, I'm working on my own piece of hardware first. I was like, I cannot believe you just fucking asked him that. Like, get off his ass. They haven't even been dating a year. Like, Somebody asked him again about, oh, will there be a proposal? And he's like, I'm focusing on one ring at a time. (laughs) Like, his responses are so mature the way he's handling it is very well i have to say because he's focusing I... on the game it's a big game for him it would be i think yeah. his third super bowl win it's his career so he's focusing on that it's giving the man <laughs> that he's getting all these questions <laughs> like the roles are reversed here and he's getting asked all the relationship questions when he's got this like big sports career yeah i find it really interesting seeing like the flipped I also, I really, I feel like if he does propose, I feel like we're not going to know it. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to hear about it. I think it would be private. And I think that, cause you know, Taylor likes to control her narrative. So I think we, it would be like the perfect time that it, they would announce it to us. I think it would be a private moment with the two of them. Yeah, I think we'll find out when they want us to know. I don't think we're yeah going to see it. I was going to say, how close he is to Taylor's family, he would either probably ask her mom when he thought was a good time, mm-hmm. or ask Tree. Mm-hmm. The two women who spend the most amount of time with her, he would probably just ask them and be like, what would Taylor like? And I don't think she would want a public proposal <laughs> after all this time, like... No, no, not with everything she's gone through with the public. There's no way she'd want a public proposal. He would want to do what she would want in that. 
Plus, at the Super Bowl, it's so loud, she wouldn't be able to hear him, like... I don't think she would want him to have his spotlight taken away. The Super Bowl is his heirs tour. <laughs> like, you know, it's his big moment and she's just there as a supportive girlfriend. Yeah, exactly. Not Taylor Swift. So I don't think she would want him to veer his spotlight. Plus, he's going to be all sweaty and gross. Sorry, I'm still not rooting for <laughs> if there was any other team, I'm sorry, I can't. That is okay. All right. That's a wrap on our news, I think, finally. <laughs> That's a lot of news this week. It was a big week. Now we're going to actually get into the Tortured Post Department. Yay! Why everybody's here. This is why everybody's here for this episode. They want to know everything there is to know. I do think it's interesting to know on her night one in Tokyo, she actually admitted in the crowd in her speech that if she didn't win a Grammy, she would have announced it at that show. Mm -hmm. Like her plan was if she didn't win, she was going to announce there. But because she was like, if I win one thing, I'm just going to do it. Which is why she did it on her first Grammy and not the second one. Because she didn't know if she was going to win another one. She's like, I'm just going to take the opportunity and I'm just going to do it. It's also number 13. So why wouldn't she? It's yeah. also special. Yeah. Because she did start off by saying uh, 13 is my lucky number. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if she hadn't won, it would have been in Tokyo, which still would have been fun. If she'd announced it at the eras in Tokyo, how many people do you think would have thought she was about to say Rep TV? Because those are the dates that she was supposed to announce Rep. Yeah. Everyone. So people would have been even more thrown off if she's like, oh yeah, so, you know, I got this thing coming out and everyone would have been like, Rep TV! And then I'm just like, that. Psych. Yeah, I thought Rep TV when she said it, and then Paladin was <laughs> next to me, and I just screamed, "What?" And he's like, "He's like, so not Rep TV." <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah, apparently my my parents were watching the Grammys too, and they were like, "Wait, what did she just say?" Everyone was making fun of me because I immediately ran for my laptop to go pre-order it. So the Tortured Poets Department is a mouthful. It's her longest album title. She has Taylor Swift and she has Speak Now and then all the other ones are one word. So I thought it was interesting to have such a long title. So when she first said it, when I watched the clip, I was like, is this at first I didn't like the title at all because I was like because it's so different and I was like just thrown off and I was still in shock from what happened yeah. and I was like what and I didn't know if I liked the title at all I was like what is this it has grown on me but I do sometimes keep saying the tortured poet society <laughs> Yeah. I'll eventually get it, but like sometimes it, I mix the two together. But so for anybody who doesn't know, if you don't count re-records, it's gonna be her 11th unique album to be released on April 19th this year in 2024. There is a lot of speculation because there are 16 Eras Tour performances between when she would have announced during the Eras Tour, the Tortured Poets Department, and when she goes on break uh, in April. So people speculated she was going to announce a different track every night, but unfortunately the track list was leaked and so she had to publish the track list. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get into the leaks a little bit more in a second. So this album was deemed white by Taylor using white heart emotes with the post. So that is the color of this album. <laughs> 
so that people stop fighting about it. It's being described as like the sister of reputation, not uh, sound-wise, because obviously we don't know what it sounds like, but color-wise, whereas black has a, a where yeah, where, where reputation has a black center to it, but this has a white center to it. Mm-hmm. I agree. So this has got two featured songs on it, Fortnite, which is the first track, and it's featuring Post Malone, which I'm very excited about. I love Post Malone. And Florida with three exclamations featuring Florence and the Machine, which that's the one I'm so hyped for. Is insane. I can't. <laughs> it also has a bonus track called The Manuscript. And the album cover is really cool. It's very like different, I think from everything she's done before. Mm -hmm. It is. Everything with this announcement just was shocking to me. So if anybody hasn't seen it yet, it's like a very sensual sort of like, she's on a white bed laying down with like a black, it looks like a black mesh top, but some people were speculating it's the outfit from that picture. But I think it looks mesh in the picture i think so too in that rehearsal outfit the top is mesh it's just the way it's laying and it doesn't look as sheer as it is when you lay down when like it's a different angle okay i don't know well in the picture is black and white so it looks like a black top and black shorts yeah but there's speculation that it is the outfit from the rehearsal picture that got shared by taylor nation a while ago people were like why is this important it looks very similar to the picture, the yeah. outfit in her album cover. And she's like laying down with like her arms kind of like holding her. It looks very sensual. It's very different for Taylor. Yeah, It kind of reminds me of when you're cuddling in bed with somebody and that would be how their arms would lay on you. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you're trying to cuddle yourself after a breakup. Oh. That's the vibe I was getting from it. It's like vulnerable looking but also not vulnerable because it's not showing her all of her face yeah you don't see her eyes yeah so it's kind of weird because it's kind of like a mixture it reminds me a little bit of 1989 like the stolen version like the original 1989 yeah because it was cut off yeah it's a very interesting vibe it gives off raw like emotional I don't know. It gives me, like, that this album is going to be very, like, I liked your word vulnerable. So there have been some things that people have gone back to find Mm -hmm. that she might have been hinting at this album the whole time and not Rep TV. So on the day of the Grammys, she put all of her social media profile pictures where the black and white version of Midnight's and everyone went crazy and they're like, oh my god, Rep TV! (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, before that, all her friend group did it, including Travis, changed their profile pictures to black and white. So people were really on that Rep TV train. But this album is also got a black and white sort of vibe to it. So you could argue mm-hmm. it was this album she was hinting at. Also, hours before the Grammys, Taylor's website showed a computer code saying error 321 back end fetch failed. 
Error 321 is a communication error that would appear on a fax machine with poor telephone line connection. So people thought it had to do with Rev TV because of the whole, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. But then underneath that error code was a bunch of letters in bold that when Swifties unscrambled it, it read red herring, which is a clue or piece of information that is or is intended to be misleading or distracting. So some people thought that TTPD was going to be the red herring for reputation to be announced still. Yes, I thought that. Now, I think it's kind of come to the conclusion that now Rep TV was the red herring for the tortured poets department. Everyone is losing their minds on Grammy Day because there are so many things happening. There's also a picture that I don't know where it got posted from. She posted that. Of all of her microphones for the Eras tour. And there's a white microphone. Has she actually used that any at any point yet? No, she is not. So that's a brand new microphone. And it's white. So people are like, yeah. hmm, what's that about? Yeah, she posted a picture of all the microphones. She posted that at the beginning of the Eras tour. Okay. I think it's interesting because does that mean she's going to be adding it to the Eras tour? Because that was my first thought when this album got announced was like how it's going to affect the Eras tour. What is going to happen? Yeah. We'll have to see in May. Because if she adds it to the set list, I feel like people who went before are going to be sad that they missed out on those songs. And then they're going to need to film a new version. Yeah, it's so complicated. Taylor, <laughs> you make things complicated. That means that any shows after, including my poor Canada dates that I are very know. seldom, are going to be even more anticipated and even harder to get tickets for, which I still don't have tickets right now. But it's going to be even harder because people are going to want to see the later dates to try and see this album in the Eras tour. It's also gonna expand it. Right. That's the other thing is like, is she going to be deleting certain songs to fit this because it's already three and a half hours long? But then is she just gonna ignore it completely? Because then that's gonna be awkward. She's gonna be trying to promote this new album, but not talk about it at the Eras tour. I mean, she could always talk about it in Surprise Song O'Clock. That's the only thing that kind of makes logic to me is that people say, oh, well, she's just going to put them in the surprise songs. Except there's the white mic. So that really makes me think that she might be adding a set. Then it's going to be so much harder to try and get tickets because everyone's going to want tickets. Surprise! She's redoing the whole tour. (laughs) She's going to finish in Canada and then she's going to be like, the Eras Tour Extended Edition. Oh. <laughs> she's like, oh, we just doubled the timeline of the show. Like, we got to go to all these places again with the new era in there. And different songs from all the albums. Okay, that I would be okay with. That would be insane. <laughs> some of the same songs, but then some different songs. Like, I just have no idea how she's going to put, like, yeah. how she, the Eras Tour is going to be affected in a way that I know. the fans are happy with the decision. Because no matter what, people are going to be upset that it wasn't an option for their surprise songs. Yeah. No matter what, people are going to be upset. The Karma Cup with the blue nail for 1989 and the black nail for Reputation 
there's a handle for the teacup that is in between the two nails and it's a white handle because the cup is white so people are speculating that this handle that's white is actually her way of saying that the white album which is the tortured post apartment was supposed to come out between 1989 and rep tv which is why it's in between the two nails well i would believe that because she did say she started writing this right after midnight's came out true which this music video would have been filmed probably around the time she started writing it so it's plausible that this handle could actually be it's plausible with the timeline (laughs) we obviously don't know taylor's true intentions with easter eggs but these are just things that could be possible with the timeline there are more eggs that have to do with this specific clip oh there's 11 black keys on the piano in the karma video oh interesting 11 and it's her little 11th album Mm. so there are other easter eggs that point to this um album from midnight's i see and then our next egg um is on the album cover i believe of torture post apartment it says from the desk of taylor swift and then from her last new album which would have been midnight's lavender haze has a lyric saying get it off my desk so people think there could be like a reference to that which is kind of cool because we went from get it off my desk to from my desk well get it off my chest get it off my desk Mm mm-hmm this is her getting it off her chest maybe mm-hmm. true the album name is also possibly a play on a whatsapp group chat that joe alwyn had with a couple of his friends paul mescal and andrew scott and the group chat was called tortured man club which is <laughs> really funny <laughs> so people are speculating that this uh, album is heavily focused on joe who already had a lot to say and spec about the speculation <laughs> of that. <laughs> I do find it interesting though. The first album she had dating Joe was Reputation, which is black and white. And now this is the first album after they broke up. Maybe we don't know exactly when they broke up. And it's also black and white. Mm-hmm. And it's like reverse. Yeah the way taylor that does these things it's like putting puzzle pieces together (laughs) taylor if you're listening um please release a book with all your mastermind plans and easter eggs (laughs) for what you've done what you're you're gonna do can stay secret but like i i need an explanation for like everything (laughs) i need to know she dropped the album cover and there was a poem on the back. The letter from the chairman. And so I enter into evidence my tarn- tarnished coat of arms, my muses acquired like bruises, my talismans and charms, the tick, tick, tick of love bombs, my veins of pitch black ink, all's fair in love and poetry, sincerely the chairman of the tortured poets department. And so people have found eggs in a lot of that already. I was gonna say I saw one that made no sense where people circled letters and were like, "Look, Travis's name is in it." I'm like, "Yeah." Oh yeah, I saw that too. I was like, "They're not even capitalized." What are you talking about? Like, there's nothing different about those. Letters. Oh my gosh, 
I saw that and I was like, yeah, you can circle any letters you want. And just make any word you want. I was like, okay, this is a reach. It spells Travis, obviously, Jess. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, evidence. Like, where's your evidence? Burning the files. Files of evidence like a trial, like a trial, you know, in the picture, it's like they're files and aren't they labeled artifacts? Yes. That's where the artifacts comes in. Yeah. And artifacts and evidence are both words in the song Hits Different, which is on Midnight's. That's a song that could definitely be about Joe. I was going to say, it reminds me a little bit of on Reputation. They're about, they have their pitchforks and proof yeah the proof receipts um, yeah yeah so now she has her her proof the evidence lines from the lyrics is from dear reader which she did sing as the first surprise show back in tokyo that was her first surprise song yeah burn all the files desert all your past lives that's the line we're talking about it also is interesting that that's the last song on Midnight's, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Now we're getting a new album and it's from the desk and we're now the reader reading the evidence. Mm -hmm. There's also some speculation of Reputation being the love album, Midnight's being the falling out of love album, and then this album is the breakup album. So the trilogy. That's um, okay. Also, I think it's interesting when she was on tour in her one of her champagne problems speeches, she was talking about how everyone was saying that she hated Evermore. And she said, where's your evidence? Like she used that saying, that's what I came back to. That's what I instantly thought of with this. And then muses. Joe was her muse for six years. Coat of arms is interesting because that's like images especially used for going to war. Like it's kind of like a logo type of thing. I was gonna say, don't a lot of British families have coat of arms? Yeah, it's also a very British thing too. Um, but it was especially significant for going to war and battles because then you can tell who your army is or whatever your ally you can tell who's on what side because they yeah they wear the coat of arms um and so that's interesting because it thought made me think of fighting and only your army front lines don't you ignore me that line made me think of that also makes people think of the great war the ticket master was the great war <laughs> That was after the Great War was already released, though. So <laughs> foreshadowing. But she didn't know the Ticketmaster would become the Great War. Taylor knows everything. <laughs> Why wouldn't she stop Ticketmaster? Yeah, exactly. Actually, she did try. She did try. Yeah, she did. Her team repeatedly asked Ticketmaster, "Are you sure you could handle this?" And they obviously could not. No. <laughs> and then all's fair in love and poetry. Which a lot of people are confused about that line because all's fair in love and war, but poetry and love are not like opposites. But I saw it as like the poetry is used as the weapon. That's how I saw it. all's fair in love and poetry. So she's going to use her pen as the weapon. 
that's the way I saw it, is that she's going to write about her experiences and you're just going to have to deal with it. Then the ticking love bombs, that this album will blow up the illusions of love that was their relationship or something. I have to say, I read the like poem thing that she put in the album drop and I was immediately obsessed and I was like, I don't think I'm going to survive this album. Oh no, this album's gonna wreck me. Like, I studied poetry for a little bit in school, and I read that poem, and I was like, oh my god, that was deep. I loved it. Just that little... I have to say, though, I'm curious if the spacing is for a reason, other than just... Because I know poetry, you do do, like, spacing like that on purpose, but I'm wondering if, for her, there's another reason. It's Taylor. And people have uh, traced a two. Yeah, I saw that with the spacing yeah if you flip the image it'll turn into a two because she's been just flashing a lot of twos which is why people think there's gonna be another drop of another album as a reputation i find it interesting that this album is about poetry when we spoiler we pre-recorded a couple podcasts and then i think the reputation one i said that comparing her lyrics was like being in a poetry class discussing I was just like, huh? <laughs> yep. She knew. She knows. We've been tapped. So Kelly Teller, is that how you say it? I don't know how you say it, Kelly. I don't know. I'm not good with celebrities either. But I do know this is who she went to the Golden Globes with. She's kind of part of her entourage sometimes. But she posted on her Instagram story on the day after the announcement. I put a question mark because I'm not sure that's the exact day she posted it. She posted a photo of the book title, The Art of Reading Poetry. And someone found that one of the poems in there is by a British poet named W.H. Auden. And it says something about stop all the clocks, cut the telephone, let the traffic policemen wear black cotton gloves. Interesting. And so there are a few eggs in that poem for what Taylor did. Stop the clock. She was wearing a clock for this announcement. That was stopped at midnight. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly, yeah. Cut the telephone. Um, She put out that, her sight error thing. Yeah, the communication error. And then black gloves. She wore black gloves. Someone also had a theory because she took off the gloves to get the award. And it's like the gloves are coming off is like a fighting phrase. Actually, I think she was still wearing her gloves for the announcement. I think it was after she announced it, she took her gloves off. Because then I saw pictures of after that. But I'm not sure because I didn't actually watch the Grammys. I think she was wearing her gloves while she it was announced because she used her finger like she was removing a smudge off the Grammy. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Mm, okay, so it was pictures of the other, because I know I saw her holding one of the Grammys without her gloves on. It must have been the second one, the album of the year one. To go back to the Ky- Kaylee Teller thing, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say her name. Um, it was allegedly posted either on uh, February 6th or February 7th. So a couple days after, yeah. The announcement was on the 4th, in case anybody's wondering, because it was the night of the Grammys that she announced it. 
Someone noticed that when Taylor was on the cover of Times Magazine, the way she's posed makes letters. And we noticed this a while ago, like when it first came out, but we didn't know what they meant. Now we're realizing that it kind of spells out DPT. Yeah. So tortured poets department with TP and then D. So she said two years ago. So two years ago, February 8th, after three months of never being spotted outside, there's this picture of her leaving Jack's studio carrying a folder, so like a file, and a keyboard. She leaves with her parents. People are speculating that this might be when she started working on this album. Because she said for two years. In reference to this also, people have been saying that since she gave those dates, that that picture that Jack posted about you're losing me and like the specific mm-hmm. date with her eating raisins and stuff. Yeah. That was the reason he posted that was to give us a timeline of yeah when stuff was written. Mm-hmm. So to break everybody's hearts a little bit, uh, this album was written around the same time as you're losing me. This <laughs> is just, <laughs> or at least started to be written around that time. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, pain, anguish. Did you look at it, Ruby? Yet? I just put it in the Discord because I can't. Uh, I'm not on my regular computer, so I have to look up things on my phone. Yes, I'm uh, traveling this weekend, so if I sound a little funny, that is why. And at that point in time, they hadn't seen her for months. You know. And so the fact that there was a picture of her, everyone went crazy and they're like, what is going on? Hmm. Does look, I was going to say, does look very tortured poets department coded. (laughs) Yeah. There's more about this timeline that I'm going to go into a little bit later, but um, yeah, that was the, that's the speculation. Also, apparently two years ago, I don't have Apple Music, so I... I don't either. I didn't know this. But two years ago, we got the Apple playlist with the Quill, Fountain, and Glitter Gel Pen songs. And Taylor explained that Quill Pen songs are songs with lyrics that make you feel old-fashioned, like you're a 19th century poet... Crafting your next sonnet by candlelight. And isn't there a quill pen in somewhere in the cover or something? There is a partial quill pen with the merch for the collector's edition CD. There is like a picture. It looks like a patch or something behind the album. And you can see a feather like peeking out. So there's a quill on part of the merch for the collector's edition cd that you get in there i think that's where people got the quill from but the quill also just fits in like the aesthetic of this album pretty well so i don't know if people originally got the quill from just like maybe taylor nation like posted the quill emote or something i don't know but i know that some people got the quill from that is that there's 
you can see partially a feather peeking out from behind. So people got it from the merch drop. The quill pen was also on her desk for the Midnight's release. Yeah. There was a quill. She's a mastermind. And then also there's a ticking sound in the Midnight's promo that everyone thought was clock. But people are now speculating that it might have been love bomb ticking instead. Because it kind of doesn't sound like a clock. It was a TikTok someone posted with it in it. And it does sound kind of more urgent. Mm. Like it's ticking down to something. Yeah. I'll have to go re-listen. It sounds more urgent to me than a clock. Because you know a clock is like tick, tick, tick. While the ticking is like a tick, 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 tick. Like it's going to stop and it's like a countdown of something more so than a study yeah Hmm. okay there's also speculation that sabrina carpenter is going to be a feature on this album well she knows something Uh, or she knew something i didn't put a date because i didn't know when but sabrina carpenter posted this picture of her at the piano and she's wearing black too and she just put her caption as tortured artist and this was before this was released it's kind of interesting because a lot of people that are around taylor have hinted things like this like tortured artist or department of something we also got uh florence and the machine posting a story after the track list came out, she posted Taylor's image saying department head of haunted houses. So that was another one. And people are speculating that the lover house is the haunted house now because it's burned down and it's like haunted with all the past like memories, ghosts of the past and memories and stuff. So that the haunted house that Florence and the Machine are referencing is the lover house. Which leads into the next one. Then the Eras tour. If you zoom in on the screen, people are saying that the tailor that is burning down the lover house looks like the aesthetic of the Tortured Poets Department. It's not the like black, lacy, like vintagey sort of look to her. So people are speculating that it's actually the tortured post department that's burning down the lover house, which is what kind of spiraled this correlation. <laughs> and that's why the thing of people being like, oh, well, what about the lover house? Like, how is she going to fit this album into it? And they're, everyone's like, it's burned down now. <laughs> it's not going to be in the lover house. <laughs> It could be the after of Lover House, of the haunted, burned down version. And then I guess people are thinking that Midnight's Taylor's holding the lighter. She's contemplating burning down the house in that one. Which is interesting that people are saying that they think Reputation, Midnight's, and Tortured Post Apartment all kind of are the same storyline. Yeah she literally gave it to us like she said as soon as she turned in midnight she started working on this yeah so since they're so close together Mm -hmm. i definitely see 
them being like sister albums or related at least i mean it even makes sense like if midnight's was the falling out of love album and this album is like the breakup album then it would make sense that she's contemplating burning it in midnight's and then burns it down in tortured post department Mm -hmm. and there's also a note that apparently joe also collects lighters (laughs) i didn't know that I didn't either. Last little thing to note about this album, which we kind of already touched on, is that it fits, it now has fit into the pattern of the two re-records, one new album, which until now was not fully a pattern because we only had one new album. I thought it was. (laughs) Just believed it this whole time, but I was skeptical because we'd only had one new album. So like, I don't know how you could say that it's a pattern up until now there wasn't enough evidence that it was a pattern in my opinion because now we've had fearless and red tv in 2021 we had midnights in 2022 we had speak now and 1989 tv in 2023 and then now this year in 2024 we've got the tortured post department so i think it was because i do i work with data and mm-hmm. I think I started seeing the pattern formulating, and that's why I just assumed it was a pattern. Mm. For me, there has to be more evidence. <laughs> I need to see it like come back around and repeat itself fully once in order to believe it. I have I have to speculate on patterns all the time with my job, so I kind of just filled in the blank. So now there's some really interesting significance about the drop date of this album (laughs) which is quite (laughs) funny so april 19th is the date that she is going to release this album so this date has a couple of significances the first one is that this is the date of what the swifties call the great unfollowing of joe because this is the day that taylor went to dinner with blake lively and ryan reynolds And then right after that, a bunch of her friends and people unfollowed Joe Alwyn on social media. This date is also significant because April 19th and 1775 is known as the first day of the American Revolution, which is the famous battle between America and Britain. And Joe is British, obviously, so there's a lot more theorizing of this album being heavily focused on Joe and the breakup. Time to drag London boy. (laughs) (laughs) And it's also National Poetry and Creative Mind Day. Taylor! (laughs) I also saw something that it was National Cat Day, but something with a cat, but I couldn't find any more on that. Yeah, I thought I saw that. Like, Taylor, you are a mastermind. (laughs) How did you get all three of those dates to line up on, like... What? She went back in time. <laughs> got a job at a calendar company. Um, and went from there. <laughs> the merch drop. I believe the American site had it first, like hours before. I think it was like right after she announced it, they went up. It was right after it was announced. Yeah. And then from what I heard, the Canadian site didn't get until like 1.30 in the morning. The merch site was actually locked after that error message came up. They locked the merch store. Mm. 
they dropped a CD, a collector's edition CD, which came with a bunch of other collectible merch, and then a vinyl. It comes with bookmarks, which I find is interesting. And then there's also a cassette, which is interesting because the track list, which we haven't really gone into too much yet, but it's worded in like sides. There's side A, B, C, and D, which I think is a cassette thing. Yeah. I feel really young. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like a cassette and a vinyl thing. Mm -hmm. I find it interesting. So in 1989 and Midnight's, when she dropped the vinyls, there were like a bunch of different color options. And this one, there's just the white. So I'm like, mm -hmm. what's happening here? What, what, what are you going to drop? What's happening? Someone said, what if the four sides they represent the stages of grief at the end of a relationship. Side A is like depression, B is anger, C is denial and bargaining, and D is acceptance. That's something we're going to have to see based off of how the songs sound. Mm -hmm. But that's a theory. I could see that uh, I, based off the titles, but definitely would have to hear the songs because I mean, we had slut that was totally misleading. Yeah. We all thought that was going to be like a dancey kind of happy song, and it was not. I thought it was going to be similar to me because mm -hmm. me also had an yeah. exclamation after. So I thought, and like it was all capital. So I thought it was going to be like the same sort of vibe as that type of song, and it was not at yeah. all. And it was not. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm waiting because I don't trust nothing. Yeah. Florida's going to wreck me probably if slut is any indication. <laughs> There was a few unfortunate leaks about this album. Supposedly, the album name, The Tortured Post Department, was leaked back in January on a TikTok comment somewhere. I couldn't find it, but this is just what people were saying. And there's some speculation that is what led to this getting dropped instead of Rep TV was because there was leaks coming out about it. So they had to do a quick switch up at the end, which is where like the red herring thing came from. And because that was literally the day of the Grammys that she did that. Just kind of switched it up because up until then it was really leading towards Rep TV. So she could have planned the red herring thing all along or it could have been a way to deal with the leaks that just came out. And then another leak from the same account happened shortly after the announcement of the Torture Post Department, like within 24 hours. I think it was the same night, but I am not 100% sure because I didn't see it. But it included the entire track list, including the two features of Post Malone and Florence and the Machine. Which is also a possible speculation of why she dropped the track list within 24 hours of the announcement was to get the narrative control back. It is important to note, though, that the leaked track list on TikTok that this leaker dropped included a song called The Bolter that came after Clara Bow. So it would have been the last track of the track list that got leaked. However, it is not on the official track list that Taylor released. If that was originally on the track list, what happened to it? Or does this just call into question the credibility of the leaker? But everything else on that track list was correct. It is interesting though, the bolter kind of gives me like the archer. It's, it's like similar named. So I'm curious if that was an uh, original. Oh, see, it gave me like the image of a runaway bride. Mm. Like 
bolting from oh, like that, yeah. that's what my brain immediately went to mm. interesting that's what i got yeah yeah or like the guy running away it gave me like somebody bolted and had cold feet at like the altar type of thing but anyways that is not an official track on her track list but a lot of people were disappointed because there may have been a much cooler way who knows there could have been so many cool ways that she could have dropped this track list especially with them being so long there was so much she could do with them that it's kind of disappointing that it could have just been dropped because of a leak literally within 24 hours like come on guys seriously you couldn't just let her i don't understand why that stuff has to be leaked but that account has since been taken down from what i've heard i didn't even know that it there was a leak when she dropped it i just saw her drop it and then i was like oh my god she dropped the track list already what the heck and then people were like oh it's because of the leak and i didn't even know there was a leak but that same day i believe this was after the leak was going around i don't know because i didn't see the leak either so a source close to joe said that if this album is a diss on him it's shady since he has said nothing about the breakup he said a lot of other stuff but it was like all very similar stuff at the end of this he said that he removed himself from the Taylor Swift narrative and it's very glad he did. I've seen some fans say that maybe because of the leak and then also Joe Alwyn's coming out and saying this stuff that she was like, well, I'll just go for it and drop the track list. It's unfortunate though because we all know that she would have had some fun way to announce the track list. And I'm really sad we never get to know what that was. I feel like there would have been some really cool like riddle type stuff because it's poetry she's leaning into this poetry poem thing so who knows she could have like written a little riddle about each one or something so before we get into the track list and break it down we're gonna get into this timeline thing first you're losing me was apparently written december 2021 some speculate that it was originally cut from this and put into midnights instead but others are saying that it was like the last installment for midnights taylor was at the studio february 8th 2022 and that's when we're speculating that she was first started working on this project joe and taylor vacation in the bahamas in late june 20 22 the same person that posted this whole timeline thing um they did this TikTok, and i read some comments underneath and some people are saying that they think that that vacation was like a last ditch let's try and save this relationship type of thing before they actually broke up october 17th 2022 was when Joe and Taylor were paparazzi on a walk a few days before Midnight's release. December 16, 2022 is when Joe, in some interview, I think, he tells everyone about his group chat called the Tortured Man Club. And then everyone is like, no, they were still together at the Grammys because they saw her wearing Joe's blazer in 2023. But it 
didn't ne- it could have just been any blazer it, yeah it was never proven who's, who's saying it was joe's we didn't see joe the last time we saw joe was december i think taylor and joe were together um at dinner i think in december but that could have been just like a meeting and then the Aeros tour starts march 17 2023 at taylor when doing the Aeros tour is having a really hard time with lover she's yes very i don't want to say cold during it but it's not the lover we have now where it's lovey and happy it, it's a little more subdued yep it's kind of held back and then the breakup is leaked april 8th so that wasn't even a month into the tour and at the beginning of the tour i think taylor released something that was like joe was really busy or something really busy filming or i don't know some excuse as to why joe isn't there without saying the breakup then the great unfollowing happens on april 19th and that's the timeline we had because she said two years and that was exactly within the two years all that and this is all speculation we're not gonna pretend we know exactly what went down the relationship we're, we're just saying what we know and seeing how it fits in a timeline just, just so everybody is aware of that and this isn't like definitive it's all speculation of course of course but it is curious that jack posted that thing about her eating the raisins with the gaslighter wine Right, with the gaslighter wine, yes. <laughs> that I still can't find, by the way. I've been looking. I saw someone try it. Did they like it? <laughs> I'm trying to get into wine, so I wanted to try it. Hey, everyone. Let's take a quick break here just to remind you that if you're enjoying the episode, please give us a rating. It also helps a lot if you share the episode. All right, now let's get back. So now we're going to get into the track list. Which, like we were saying, dropped within, I think it was just about 24 hours after her announcement. It was jarringly fast. It was an image and it looked like the back of the album with the track list. And then it had, I love you, it's ruining my life on it. The track list comes in four groups because there's side A, side B, side C, and side D. Side A is Fortnite featuring Post Malone. The Tortured Poets Department, My Boy Only Breaks His Favorite Toys, and Down Bad. Side B is So Long London, But Daddy I Love Him, Fresh Out the Slammer, and Florida with three exclamation points featuring Florence and the Machine. Side C is Guilty as Sin with a question mark, Who's Afraid of Little Old Me with a question mark, I can fix him, and then in brackets, no, really, I can. And then the last track on that side is just L-O-M-L in all lowercase. Side D is I can do it with a broken heart, the smallest man who ever lived, the alchemy, Clara Bow, and then there's a bonus track called The Manuscript. So we're going to go through and kind of give a little breakdown of any connections that fans have found between the track list thus far? Any speculations? I do want to say uh, a lot of this came from a Twitter 
handle called Midnight's 13, M-I-D-N-X-G-H-T-S 13. As a huge help where we found a lot of these connections, they put it into a nice thread for us. So side A, the very first track on the album is Fortnite featuring Post Malone. What do we think of Fortnite being the first track on the album? So a Fortnite is 14 days or two weeks. So it's interesting to note Midnight's is about 13 sleepless nights. So people speculate that this is her 14th sleepless night yeah i like that theory i i I think it's really interesting to have that be the first title after you just had an album called midnight's about 13 sleepless nights yeah that is and then it's the 14th day so yeah we've got a title track as the second track which is the tortured post department which also could just be in reference to the group chat tortured man club which we already went over And it also does feel like it nods to Dead Poets Society, which is a famous movie about poetry class. It's a teacher that uses unorthodox methods to teach poetry. And it's like about going after your dreams or something. I just know they all stand on the desk and say, oh, captain, my captain. Oh, that's from that movie. Yeah. And it's Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. I think maybe I have seen it, but it's been a really long time too. So then the third track is My Boy Only Breaks His Favorite Toys, which could be in reference to in Lover's Song Cruel Summer. She says, Bad, bad boy, shiny toy with a price. You know that I bought it. So she's establishing here that toys are people. And thus, he broke his favorite toy, which would be her, which is really... Kind of sad. This album is going to wreck me. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not ready. The fourth track, Down Bad. People are speculating could be a Travis song. I have never seen that anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. So many people are speculating it could be about Travis. I really don't think it is. Yeah, I think it's before Travis. The definition of down bad is when you are so desperate for something that you lose all rational thought. I guess when you put in that definition, yeah. It's a saying. I've seen people speculate that according to the definition, it's probably gonna be a hard song. I honestly just think that people want a Travis song really bad. I really do. (laughs) And they saw stuff that kind of looked like lovey and they were like, Travis song. I know. I think there's going to be a different album. Yeah, same. It's possible that a Travis song could make it on this album, like timeline wise, she could have added it. I don't see it. I just, I don't think so. It's giving more of a breakup album vibe, which would be weird to throw in like a love song into it. So I also agree that I don't think it's going to be a Travis song. I just, that was the only real like speculation I could find about this track specifically. So I wanted to mention it, but I don't (laughs) think it's going to be a Travis song. Also, she did make a point to say that it takes months after you turn in an album to to be ready to be announced and all that. Look, I want a Travis song so badly because her falling in love songs are amazing. Mm -hmm. I want a Travis album, okay? (laughs) I think there's going to be another album after this and it's going to be Travis. 
I feel like we're going to get a lot of Travis songs eventually, right? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, as long as they stay together, hopefully I we'll need, get a lot of good Travis love songs. I need karma with the guy on the Chiefs. I think she honestly needed to get the rest of this out for like mm. closure purposes before mm-hmm. addressing any Travis-related yes. content. You know what I mean? Before she brought out music about a new love based on the definition though like when you're so desperate for something that you lose all rational thought that's just desperate to save her relationship maybe yeah it's giving you're losing me yeah yeah sort of vibes which i i don't need more songs like that one is enough i do i need more songs i do (laughs) i just don't want to cry the entire album i have a feeling i'm gonna be crying the entire album I already warned Paladin we're not going to be engaged that day when I first listened to it because I need to fully experience (laughs) the heartache. All right. Track five. Side B, the first song in that, which is technically track five, which if anybody wants to go over the importance of track fives. She specifically said this. I don't remember the exact quote, but I've seen it floating around recently so i know it was specifically her that said it that she always tries to have track five be a super vulnerable emotional song Uh, i don't remember the exact wording she used but something very personal to her basically her track fives are very important and very raw emotion And this one's track five is called So Long London. (laughs) Bye bye, London boy. (laughs) For anybody that doesn't know, there is a song called London Boy on the Lover album, which everyone is pretty sure is about Joe Alwyn and like being in love with him in London. Well, now it's about it yourself. And how much she loves London. So this song, for it to be track five, is very very interesting it is very interesting when i first saw the track i didn't realize it was track five so i was like oh shit like so long and then i looked and i was like i went back and counted to see where track five was yeah i had to go and i was like i need to know which one's track five and i looked like no way she made so long london (laughs) i was like damn like she's coming for joe like i yeah that Pretty sure everyone is convinced that one's going to be like a (laughs) really sad breakup song about Joe. That one's pretty pretty clear. (laughs) That's pretty obvious. (laughs) The next one is But Daddy I Love Him, which... There are so many references here. In The Little Mermaid, when Ariel's defending her relationship with Prince Eric to her father, she says that line, But Daddy I Love Him as like her kind of defense and it's interesting to bring the parallels of this movie is about a girl who gives up her voice to be with the man she loves which people are speculating that maybe joe wanted her to quit writing music or like retire retire yeah also ariel came out in 1989 and then i guess she also dressed as ariel for halloween a few years back yeah so clearly she wanted us to draw some parallels to ariel some speculate that this could be about maddie healy 
and that Swifties represent the daddy in this scenario because Swifties really did not like that relationship at all. They don't like Maddie Healy and they were like bullying her to try and get her to break up with him. He's not a good person. Yeah. And then I guess Harry Styles was also pictured wearing a shirt with this phrase on it. (laughs) It's quite funny. There are so many people this could technically be about. Next track is Fresh Out the Slammer, which a lot of people originally read as Summer. I know. I did see <laughs> And then that everyone too, comes yeah. like, oh, Slammer, and then it just changes the whole perspective of the song. I did too, I won't lie. It changes the whole thing. I reread it, and I was like, oh no, that's not Summer, because I was like, Fresh Out the Summer? I was like, what? I was like, no way we're getting two references to to this. A lot of the titles in the in this album are like kind of nods to younger like slang. What the hip kids are saying. Which is interesting. And then people are saying this could be in reference to her reputation song, Getaway Car, because in that song she references like crime and prison a lot. And then some are also saying it could just be in reference to her time in isolation, which she's referred to as being imprisoned and locked away, all that. So there's a few different takes that this could be. He could be my jailer in Ready For It. That one too, yeah. Reputation has a few nods to jail and prison. There was also a um, line in after glow put you in jail for something you didn't do right and after glow man now our lover and reputation talks are gonna be very different <laughs> <laughs> we gotta try and get them out before this comes out i think put you in jail for something you didn't do yeah that line from Afterglow. another mention of jail so then the next and last song trackless on side B is the feature with Florence and the Machine called Florida with three exclamation points. I don't trust exclamation points in songs anymore after one. One <laughs> has burned me. I don't trust nothing. I think her punctuation of some of the tracks are very interesting. Like the way this track list is worded is very weird it makes me wonder if there's a secret meaning or message that is only going to make sense once the album comes out yeah and then like a couple of them have the question marks the one's got an exclamation and then there's the one with the brackets like yeah the way this track list is punctuated is very interesting to me florida the only thing people can really kind of speculate right now with the florida track because it doesn't really give us much with the title is that the Tampa, Florida Airs tour dates were the first performances she had after the news got out that she and Joe had broken up. So there's like the clips of her crying on stage. And we do know that she did write some of this while on tour because she did say she wrote some of it while on tour. Yeah, so this could be a song about that. Side C, the first track is Guilty as Sin with a question mark. But this one, so this one's interesting to me because the as is not capitalized, but in like, my boy only breaks his favorite toys, every single word is capitalized. But I guess there's a song from where the crawdads sing called Carolina. 
There's a lyric, Carolina knows why for years they have said that I was guilty as sin and slept in a liar's bed. But the song was for the movie, which is a story about a girl who um, is tried for murder and the truth is not known. Whether she did it or not is not known until the end of the movie. Yeah, it's it's just interesting that Hmm. guilty as sin is in there. The other thing is the question mark is interesting because guilty as sin, I looked up the actual specific definition and it's unquestionably guilty. So why a question mark that like counters? I'm also thinking maybe because like we talked about it earlier how nothing Taylor can do is right. So the issue guilty as sin is she actually guilty or is it just she can't ever be considered innocent interesting take on that also another nod to maybe trial related because earlier we talked about the evidence and the files and the artifacts yeah it's kind of like going to a trial right and then guilty is another thing used in trial. Mm-hmm. Guilty of sin was used, I think, I believe, in a lot of closing arguments and stuff mm-hmm. in trials. I know it's a phrase like you hear often in like legal movies and shows. The next track also has a question mark at the end, and it's uh, "Who's Afraid of Little Old Me?" So there's a few things people have taken from this. There's a lot from this too. <laughs> So the first thing is uh, people have said it looks like it's similar title to Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which is a movie thriller drama examining the complexities of a marriage starring Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, which is the Burton to my Taylor. It's also a play. And a play, yeah. Yes, but the film stars Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton. And she has that line, Burton to this Taylor. And then also she has dressed up for things like kind of similar to Elizabeth Taylor in some of her music videos and stuff. So she's used some of that imagery as well to mirror it. Also, people have said, like, who's afraid of Taylor Swift? I'm just a girl who writes songs, you know, like... <laughs> I'm not scary. Yeah, because people are all, oh, you better not write a song about me. Like, everyone's always scared they're going to get a song written about them. It could be, like, the fact that she wrote about being a monster on a hill, that she's too big to hang out, like, that she's actually not small, she's big. An antihero. Or a play on Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf, which actually, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? the title was a play on that song originally oh. yeah disney's three little pigs um there's the song so it's like laughing like ha, 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 i'm not afraid like that kind of thing i don't trust any exclamation parks uh exclamation marks anymore see i don't trust yeah. like the punctuation <laughs> is throwing me off these question marks are gonna kill me i already feel it it's all suspicious I'm not emotionally ready. I don't trust any of it. (laughs) Like the next track, for example, I can fix him in brackets. No, really, I can. (laughs) Like the amount of times girls have said this 
about someone they're dating is first of all heartbreaking because you shouldn't be trying to fix somebody you need to stop dating fixer uppers but um i'm really curious about this yeah one, i have to say it could be in reference to because this is a phrase that like a lot of us have probably said about an ex-partner as you're trying to defend them while you're ignoring red flags and you're like no i can fix him i can fix it like insert that guy from tiktok with the giant ass red flag <laughs> yeah, just the, the clicking of the heels like running around <laughs> Some people are speculating it could be a song about that. And then people are speculating Maddie Healy in particular. He has a lot of issues. Everyone hated her dating him. And they really wanted her to break up with him. Like as soon as they started their fling. And his band, the 1975, they actually have so many songs that have the brackets hmm. like this that's yes. really interesting that for this specific song she used the brackets like that because if you look at the 1975 someone did a TikTok and they were going through all the songs that had the brackets and there were like i don't know four or five there were a lot so the last track on the side c is l-o-m-l all in lowercase, which is the only track on this list being lowercase all the way through. That is a slang term for love of my life. Then people have also speculated it could stand for something else. Like it doesn't have to stand for love of my life. Isn't there a song where she says, um, I can't remember the first part or did I just lose the love of my life? Yeah, there is. So I was going to say that's someone referenced that for this song. I don't remember which song that is, uh, but people say it could be like loss of my life, loser of my <laughs> yeah. life. Um, like there's other things it could stand for. It doesn't have to be love of my life, even though that's the most commonly used phrase for this lettering acronym, but it doesn't have to be that. It could stand for something else. And then someone found this harry styles has a song called love of my life but he capitalized the entire thing and spelled it all out which is interesting because she lowercase everything and it's just the letters uh it's funny you bring up harry styles because the song is i don't want to live forever featuring zane well it's zane's song wondering if i dodged a bullet or just lost the love of my life so this could be about Harry Styles, this song. Could be. Could be. I was actually going to bring up, it's interesting that this is um, like an acronym, but it's lowercase and it's lowercase like reputation. Reputation is the only album where it is not capitalized. And all her song titles in Folklore and Evermore are also not capitalized. Mm -hmm. Like, it's weird to me that this is the only one that's all lowercase. Mm -hmm. Because like I was saying, she intentionally capitalizes who's afraid of little old me. She capitalizes everything but the of. But in like, but daddy, I love him. Everything's capitalized. Like, she's very intentional with what she's capitalizing and not capitalizing and adding question marks and brackets. Like, it's all very intentional and it's giving me very suspicious vibes. Like, I don't know. When I first saw it, it made me think Reputation and How Folklore and Evermore both have no capitalization in their song titles. Now we've just got the last 
side D. So the first track is called I Can Do It With a Broken Heart, which people think could be referencing, again, how she was performing at the Eras tour right after the news about her and Joe came out, like the fact she was still performing with the broken heart. Yep. How she had to sing the songs that she wrote about him every single night. That's the one thing about (laughs) writing songs about people. Yeah. Yeah. Those songs are now out there, which... Forever. Damn. The next track, I'm really excited for. (laughs) I saw the track name, and I can't believe that she made it a track name, but... um. The next one is called The Smallest Man Who Ever Lived. (laughs) (laughs) This song could be about anybody. Like, it could be about Joe. It could be about Scooter. Mm -hmm. It could be about Kanye. It could be about any man that's done her wrong, realistically. I did see a joke one that people were speculating it's about Benjamin, her cat. (laughs) And I was like, yes. (laughs) I hope it's about the cat. I really hope it's about the cat. I'm gonna need a lighthearted song after the rest of this album. Somebody also speculated it could be about the size of a certain body part. Um, <laughs> which oh, I hadn't even oh thought God. about until someone was like, D-. I haven't seen that. Uh, someone also said it could be relating to the Napoleon complex because Napoleon was a very short man and Joe wasn't like the tallest guy. And her not being able to wear her high heels. You know, lots of men are insecure about their height. And Taylor's pretty tall. And now she can wear her highest heels, so. And people think it also could just be a play on being the bigger person. I have no idea what to expect, but I'm so excited for that song specifically. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's not Benjamin. (laughs) I have... No idea where it could go. It could go in so many directions, honestly. So the next one is called the alchemy. So the practice of alchemy was a form of speculative thought to transform base metals, such as lead or copper, into silver or gold. She references gold a lot in a lot of her songs. So in Evermore, she has a song called Gold Rush. In her song, Daylight, she references love being golden. There's speculation that it's because it's been transformed into gold, that it's about fake gold. So love being fake, golden. In Champagne Problems, she's got the reference to Midas's touch, which Midas was in Greek mythology cursed to have everything he touched turned into gold and thought it was a blessing but turned out to be a curse so again like thinking that the gold is a good thing but it's actually not so people are kind of theorizing that this is gonna be kind of about a fake finding out that's not actually what you think it is in references to gold and stuff someone also theorized a connection with afterglow because they're both track 15s And Afterglow mentions chemistry till it blows up. And it says, I'm the one who burned us down, which people are thinking that for this album, she's burning down the lover house or burning all the files. There's a lot of speculation about burning. 
and then also an afterglow has put you in jail the, that I mentioned earlier. So there's a lot of possible connections with afterglow for this album, but also for this song specifically. And then the last track on the track list, excluding the bonus track, is called Clara Bow, which we kind of t- touched on briefly earlier because the Grammys outfit she wore was very, it paid homage to Clara Bow. Even her jewelry. Oh, yeah, her jewelry is like almost exact. Like, it's crazy. If you look up like the side by side, which I think we might post in our like references channel for everything that we kind of talked about today. We'll have it in our channel and our discord if you want to join. And so you can actually see and visualize everything that we're talking about today. But Clara Bow's family actually made a statement about that. They're thrilled that Taylor is paying homage to their family member, Clara Bow on her next album, the great granddaughter of Clara Bow. Uh, actually said she's honored that her legacy is being highlighted with the track Clara Bow on Taylor's album. Though they've not been in contact with Swift, she hopes that the song will focus on her talents and accolades as opposed to the media scrutiny that Clara Bow was subjected to throughout her career. But a lot of people are speculating it's going to be mostly about the scrutiny because she draws a lot of parallels to Taylor, yeah. which is a little unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Claire also had an affinity for uh, hanging out with football players and possibly dated some, and we don't know that for sure. But it's a little interesting that would be around when Taylor and Travis. Maybe this would be a Travis y song. Maybe. Maybe. So for anybody who doesn't know, quick little thing. She was an actress from the 1920s. She got big on her role in the 1927 film called It, which is how she earned the nickname as the first It girl. And she became a huge sex symbol. And that's kind of what she was scrutinized for. So people are kind of drawing the parallel with Taylor being like the modern It girl and her being constantly scrutinized for dating people and being in the public eye so people think it's going to be kind of about that which is unfortunate because that's kind of what the great granddaughter didn't want but hopefully it's in like a respectful way i'm sure it will be clara bow also retired at age 28 to settle down and then her life kind of went downhill after that oh no yeah she was institutionalized in some way after she retired early to to get married to have kids so people are seeing like parallels of maybe taylor didn't want the same like path yeah because of the whole speculation that joe wanted her to retire and like settle down and everything yes and note that um taylor was she was 27 when reputation came out mm. and then there's also the poem when battling bell of the bowery fell for clairvaux and joe's alias um for writing songs with taylor was william bowery before they actually said it was him hmm and then we've got the bonus track the manuscript 
The definition for a manuscript is a book, document, or piece of music written by hand rather than typed or printed. So fans speculate that this one will be like row emotional song straight from her thoughts type of thing. I've actually been wondering that if maybe this is going to be like the manuscript of their relationship. Mm. It's going to take us on this journey of the beginning to the end. That's what I was thinking. Like, it's going to tell us a story about the relationship. Or maybe the time after the relationship. Mm. I think that the track list is very interesting because this is just speculation. But this could possibly be the most, like, in order, chronologically... Yeah, because it does say a book, document, or piece of music. But if it's like a book, it could be like telling a story. Oh, but the album itself is the manuscript. Yeah, because the bonus track is the manuscript. And then everything else, if these speculations are correct, they might not be. They might be totally off. But if these speculations are correct, or at least some of them are correct, then it kind of goes in order of events. Yeah, because Fortnite, the first one, is about her last sleepless night with Midnight. That's really down bad. So long, London. Then Florida. Yeah, and then Maddie Healy's after that. And then I can do it with the broken heart. I can still do this. You got Harry Styles. But 1989. Yes, that's true. She released the re-recording. And she would have recorded that months in advance. It could have been in her thoughts. Like, at the front of her thoughts during this. So Harry Styles could have been, like, in her thoughts during this because of that. And if the smallest man who ever lived is about Scooter, Connie, and stuff, that could have also been because she was re-recording a reputation around this time. But also Kanye just named her in a song. We totally forgot to mention that in the news. <laughs> oh, also, the whole thing with Scooter Braun that happened during this. Oh, the whole thing with Scooter Braun where all his clients dropped him. Oh, yeah, that happened in the middle of this. I'm just saying, uh, <laughs> that would be wild. <laughs> could be. This album is gonna break the internet. So, like, this could be, you know, a chronological. Like, I'm just saying, it just seemed to kind of follow a... Like a linear sort of timeline. If if these speculations are correct, or some of them are correct, or whatever. Yeah, we could be completely wrong about everything. So, what genre do you think it's going to be? So, it's listed under synth pop, but I heard that Evermore was also listed under synth pop, so that might just be her, like, default album genre. Yeah, I was going to say, but that has nothing to do with what it's actually going to be. So if you just go based off of what we know, what do you guys think this genre is going to be? I think it's going to be a mix. Yeah. I mean, Post Malone isn't exactly known for like indie rock and like that kind of stuff. That's going to be a totally different song than Florida with Florence and the Machine, which is more of that ever more folklore sound. So I think this is going to be kind of like Reputation where it's it's mixed. 
I agree. I did see someone thinking it was going to be more like jazzy or like blues or something because of the aesthetic. Based to the aesthetic, yeah. Which could be interesting. I would love to hear more saxophone. Taylor, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the perfect album for saxophone, please. I'm not sure. I agree. I think it's going to be a mix of like a couple that vibe together. Do you think there's going to be any more surprises about this album? Some speculate Sabrina Carpenter because she posted that thing, so she might be somewhere as a secret feature. But if it wasn't in the leak, do you think she kept some stuff a secret? Or, like, what do you guys think about that? Do you think there's any other secrets to do with this album that haven't been dropped yet? The Sabrina Carpenter thing, I know on previous albums that there were people who did background vocals and just weren't listed i'm wondering if maybe sabrina carpenter is a background vocal and just not listed possibly it's not a full-on collab but sabrina provided some vocals interesting take so do you think that everything that is about this album has dropped like do you think she's left anything secret no (laughs) i I don't taylor's not the kind of person who would drop (laughs) drop everything now (laughs) i think she wanted to get ahead of the leak and put out what information confirm or deny whatever information they put out and then yeah everything else she's gonna do how she originally wanted to do yeah i think so too i don't think that she dropped everything (laughs) i think there's gotta be at least one secret left about this album at least she's been keeping this a secret for two years that she was even working on this I know we're definitely going to get a Target variant because we always get a Target variant. So the real question is, are there going to be any other variants on her site? Because Midnight's and 1989 both had four variants. So it'll be interesting to see. Because right now there's only one. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd made a note that there's only the one version, like the white vinyl out right now like there's no other variant which is gorgeous which is why i ran to pre-order that (laughs) so you think there's more variants coming then in the last couple years she hasn't just done one color vinyl been variants what if she did like a sepia like a gray like she just kept the color scheme and did like different variants of like that that would be cool i think that'd be fun because my thought was if she does a black vinyl there's nothing really special about that because all most vinyls are yeah. black yeah so she can't really do like a black variant i mean she could do a black variant but it just it wouldn't look very special so it would have to be like shades of gray next question what is your most anticipated tracks based off of the track list that we currently have so long london <laughs> definitely because <laughs> i love london boy and so like i know that I know it's going to crush me, but I am excited. That's the one that first stood out to me right away. And so that's definitely up there. I was going to say mine's going to be Florida because I love Florence and the Machine. So I, I want to hear Taylor and Florence have a song together. So mine are, I'm really excited for Fortnite because I love Post Alone and I'm really curious. I want to hear their voices like... I think their voices would complement each other really well. So I'm really excited for that one. 
I'm really excited for so long London, but daddy, I love him. And where's the other one? And I could fix him. No, really, I can. Those are like kind of my big ones that I'm excited for. And the smallest man who ever lived. <laughs> I have a lot, but like, there's, I just can't pick one like favorite one. They're so good. Down Bad is one I'm excited for. Um, Fresh Out the Slammer and Guilty as Sin. Also, I'm excited for the whole album. I am too. They all are very, like, unhinged titles. (laughs) I am really excited for this album. So when it first dropped, of course, I was like, it took me a minute. It took me a while because I was still so into the rep TV thing. Because reputation just means so much to me. And it's one of my absolute favorite albums. And so it was really hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that we're getting this one first that didn't happen and this happened yeah i feel the same way as you do michael so i had to kind of like step back and i was like oh but i wanted rev tv but like this is so fun and i'm excited because it's like brand new songs and we get a whole album of it instead of just like four or five vault tracks or however many she's putting on rev tv but like i was really excited for rev tv <laughs> I know, I know. So it took me a while to come to terms with this. But then once I like started to take it in more and we got the track list and then I started to take in more of that, then my excitement started to build. And I'm telling you, I am so looking forward to this album. Like I feel, I have a really good feeling that I'm going to, love this album i just have that feeling that this is going to be one of my favorites i'm just saying that right now i think this is going to be one of my favorites oh yeah there's so many people i've seen like this is my favorite album and it's not even out yet <laughs> this album's gonna wreck me i'm i don't think i'm like mentally prepared for like how this is album is going to affect me emotionally <laughs> because i feel like it's going to be a roller coaster ride but I'm excited and I'm here for it. And I'm very excited about it. Um, so I've seen people posting that they think it's going to be a sister album to Evermore and Folklore. Which I don't see. <laughs> I don't see it either. I think it's just the color scheme. Yeah. Honestly, that's keep that's like tripping people up. I do believe more so about the Reputation Midnights yeah, same, trilogy. Same. It makes more sense, like when you think about who they're about and like the timeline, it makes more sense like all the way around. The actual aesthetic, not just the colors, but the full aesthetic, it's not folklore mm-hmm. or evermore at all. No. Like yeah. those are in the wilderness, in the in the woods. Nature and like very cottage core. Yeah. This aesthetic was like sensual and like Yeah, like vintage. Yeah. <laughs> not in the forest. <laughs> Yeah, no, I do believe it makes a lot more sense for, like, reputation to be the start of love, Midnight to be falling out Mm -hmm. of love, and then, Mm -hmm. like, this to be the breakup album. Especially when you think about, like, how Midnight's, they had the the lighter, and then, like, people are thinking that the Poets Department is the era that's burning down the lover house, and they keep talking about burning things and stuff, so it's, like... Makes sense for a lot of different reasons that 
it would kind of be a trilogy with Rep and Midnight's, which uh, makes me even more excited for this album. It's also kind of interesting that, you know, the Reputation and this album are the same, like, colors, but reversed. Because it's like bookends. Mm. It's kind of like bookends, you know? How one bookend is faced one way and one bookend is faced the other way. And one's at the beginning, one's at the end, and reputation is black, and this is white. Mm -hmm. It's kind of flipped. And then I only have one more question for us, which is, some people speculate that You're Losing Me was originally supposed to be on this album, but for some reason she decided to drop it early and put it on the tail end of Midnight's, the late night edition. What do you think? I think it was not for Midnight's. I think it was the last song. Like some other people are speculating, I think it was the last song for Midnight. I agree. I think it fits to be like a good kind of bridge between Midnight's and this album. If the whole trilogy thing is kind of on the right path and it's supposed to follow Midnight's, it makes sense that it would be like the last. I agree. But if this album is anything like You're Losing Me, I don't think I'm going to make it. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to make it. (laughs) I did see someone questioning how they're supposed to do the Eras Tour nails now. And I saw someone come up with the perfect solution if you just split a nail with uh, Folklore and Evermore and you put them on the same nail and then you can still put their sister albums, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and then they, you can still put the white nail on the end. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing all over TikTok. So, if anybody's listening to this and wants to know a solution for the Aerosmith nails, that is the solution I've been reading everywhere, is you just put the sisters on the same nail and then you can still fit all of them on the 10 nails i'm super excited because this is the first like emergency type recording that we are making for our podcast and it's going to be the first brand new album that we'll get to review Mm -hmm. since our podcast started we'll have to discuss possible ideas for that Mm -hmm. like a listening if there's a way we could all listen to it together and record our reactions i think that'd be really that's that's what i was thinking maybe we should do somehow we'll figure it out do a listening party in discord or something it's also my first album as like a full-on swifty so i'm really excited about this midnights is kind of what made me into swifty more so this is my first new album as like a full-blown swifty so i'm very excited super exciting someone posted that and i was like "Mm, they make me cry I'm very excited about this album. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we are ta- probably talking about the Eras Tour in general. Correct? Unless something huge happens. <laughs> Unless something unhinged happens, Taylor. Unless something, yeah. Because this was supposed to be the Eras Tour episode. Yes. And Taylor had to do something crazy. And who knows? She might do something crazy again. We'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Yeah. Maybe next week will be about the Eras tour in general. <laughs> so come back to listen to that. We also have our Discord open now, which is amazing because it's a wonderful spot for you to hang out with fellow Swifties. 
you can post all of your theories and clown as much as you want. We welcome clowning. So I'm doing my best to keep up to date on the Eris tour stuff as it happens. I posted in the discord. So if you are curious about surprise song. Yeah, we've got a guide for all the outfits and surprise songs are all there. So definitely come join us in the discord. In order to do that, go to our link tree. We have a link for it up there. Our link tree is just linktr.ee slash talking swift. Please let us know your thoughts on the new album in the Discord and in our social media or email us. Just let us know your thoughts on the new album, your speculations. What are you most excited for? We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to Talking Swift, our version. We hope you enjoyed diving deep into the Taylor Swift universe with us. Remember, the conversation doesn't stop here. Connect with us on social media to share your thoughts, theories, and favorite Taylor Swift moments at Talking Swift on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok, and at Talking Swift OV on X. You can email us at talkingswiftourversion at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share and rate it every rate and share helps support us so that we can keep doing what we love doing providing you with swifty content thank you for being a part of the talking swift family talk to you next week